Daredevil is arguably the single best Netflix Marvel series, and I'm finally watching it. Season 1 review coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What's up and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I am digging into one of the most beloved Marvel television series in existence, basically of all time. Now, all the listeners know, and if you don't, if you're new to the pod, welcome. And now you know how near and dear Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is to my heart. I love my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... When I'm talking Netflix Marvel projects, Daredevil is undoubtedly the king of the castle. And with Charlie Cox's rumored return in the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home, there's no better time to talk about Daredevil than right now to help me review the entire first season of the famed show. I brought on Sean Winningham of the Captioned Life podcast. Sean, welcome to the pod, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Ethan. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good, man. I, I noticed we kind of talked about this before the pod started. You've got your Daredevil beanie on. You've got a little Daredevil action <laughs> figure on your microphone. Uh, Daredevil right. fan, I take it then. Yeah, Daredevil is actually one of the first uh, comic book characters I really got into when I was a kid. And it's been my favorite ever since then. So he has a special place in my heart for sure. I love that. That is so cool because I actually, I really just started getting into Daredevil quite recently, like just a couple months ago. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working my way through season two right now. So no spoilers on season two. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't had time to, to make it all the way through, but I'm getting there. <laughs> um, I, I never read any daredevil comics listeners of the pod. know I didn't grow up reading comics. I'm fairly new to, to the mm-hmm. whole comic world. Um, mm-hmm. but I am definitely connecting with daredevil, especially Charlie Cox and, and everything in this series, I think is so, so good. Uh, I can mm-hmm. totally see why why everybody talks about it. Is there any particular reason that that like you connected to Daredevil or is that just like how, how it kind of shook out and like that ended up being your guy? Yeah. So my uncle at a very young age actually introduced me to comics and one of the first comics he introduced me to was X-Men and Daredevil and Daredevil stuck with me for a couple of reasons is one. I thought it was really fascinating that we have a superhero who's also blind, but uses his senses uh, to help him become a superhero. And and I grew up with him. Is really cool. We hear also has a disability um, that doesn't hold him back, right? And, and the other thing is, I grew up Catholic, and he's a very Catholic character. Um, so that already, you know, automatically made a connection for me uh, learning more about him. So that's what really stuck with me about Daredevil. And I will say that I'm glad to hear that you're uh, watching season two right now because season two of Daredevil is actually my favorite of the three seasons out there. So it's, oh. it'll, I, I'm really excited for you. Um, as you're watching it. But yeah, that's why Daredevil is one of my favorites is you know, I've had that personal connection growing up and, and still love it to this day. So I love that. That is, that is so, so epic. Uh, I can't relate on a personal level, but I can only imagine how amazing it is to, to see that in a comic book page and to relate to that. Um, mm. And, and yeah, that, that is super, super cool. I am stoked to hear about season two. I'm, I'm loving it so far. I haven't had mm-hmm. a lot of time to, to kind of like work my way through it. So I'm only a couple episodes in. But we are going to review episode or season one right now. So it released on April 10th of 2015, starring Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, De- Deborah Ann Wolf, and Eldon 
Henson. Uh, right away, I just want to know, let's set the ground level here. What are your high-level thought, review, takeaway from season one of Daredevil? Yeah, so I, I thought Daredevil for Marvel is actually one of the best series that they have out there. And I think one of the reasons why it's been so successful is that they were able to do something different with this show that kind of sticks out from the MCU, even though it kind of lives in the MCU world. It definitely has a different feel and approach than all the movies that you will watch. And so I think that's what makes this show very successful is that it has a different kind of take on it. And it's a little bit grittier than what you're used to. And of all the Netflix shows, not only is Daredevil my favorite character, but I think this is also one of the most successful shows uh, from the Netflix. And I would even say, you know, from any of the shows that they've created prior to Disney Plus, this has been the most successful. So I think what's really cool about this is that they were able to explore a lot of things that they haven't been able to explore in MCU in terms of like just themes and um, you know, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely has a lot more, um, you know, grim to it than some of the other movies. So, you know, you definitely see a lot more um, death and finality to some of these things. And so, you know, if you haven't watched the show yet, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there is something that happens in these, in the series that you really wish it, you know, had to happen and that, you know, you're, you're really, ah, you know, just wanting to, you know, see that character like go on throughout the rest of the series and everything. But um, I think it just, it really lands on just a lot of different levels because they hit on a lot of different motions. They were able to do a lot of great action scenes and it's a little bit more down to earth than some of the MCU um, movies as well, because it's something that you could say, you know, despite the fact that he has super hearing and, you know, all these super senses from as a result of going blind, he also is somebody that could really actually happen in New York city in real life. And these stories could also, you know, are really realistic as well too. So I think that's why it's been very successful for the, re- for those reasons. So. I think to that point, the fact that he, the fact that he lives in hell's kitchen and season one, really the, the big motif that you kind of get is that this is his, this is his city. This is what he cares about. He mm-hmm. lives for hell's kitchen. He lives in hell's kitchen and he wants to see it become a better place. And mm-hmm. I think that is, yeah, incredibly relatable, super down to earth. You don't have that whole like, oh yeah, we're watching uh, the God of Thunder on Asgard type situation. Right. Like, like you're you're in New York City and you're and you're living that. I think that is a huge portion of what makes season one so good. I mm-hmm. think too, uh, there are there are a couple things for me. I think the uh, the like the personnel building in terms of his background with his dad and growing up a fighter and everything that we see with flashbacks. Um, and his training growing up and kind of how he got to where he is. I think that Mm -hmm. does an excellent job in terms of world building. Uh, And it kind of, I think you, you mentioned this, it kind of has that gritty, like dark kind of, you know, under the table, like the dark side of the city vibe to it, that nothing else, nothing that I've seen, nothing else really captures that in the same way that this does. And I know when I first Mm -hmm. started this show, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty dark and this is right. really good looking. Like it's right. really, really good looking. There are mm-hmm. so many cool shots and scenes. Uh, I did want to talk about what maybe a few of our favorite scenes are. And mm-hmm. uh, spoiler warning ahead, I've got some of my favorite scenes that are absolutely major spoilers for season one. So if you haven't <laughs> seen season one, uh, fast forward a little bit or, or skip this episode of the pod, but come back uh, when you have. I'm going to start with with one of my favorite scenes, uh, if you don't mind. And that is 
when Karen shoots Wesley. I have to get it out of the gate. I have to start with this number one. (laughs) I was flabbergasted, man. I was shocked. How, how, how did you take this scene? You know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't shocked that Karen did it. I think I was shocked that Wesley got killed, you know, so soon in the series. Um, but you know, and in retrospect, looking at the other two seasons, I think it also makes sense. And it also drives some motivation for Fisk in season three as well, too. And, um, in a couple of episodes so, I'm not going to spoil that for you, but you'll see it kind of come up a little bit later as well, too. Um, but I, I wasn't really shocked. Cause when I watch that scene, it's, you know, she was desperate in what was happening, right? Like Fisk, they thought they would have Fisk put away and obviously, you know, they, they didn't succeed in that. Um, Wesley kidnapped her and she just kept feeling like, you know, they kept coming after and after is just never going to end. Mm-hmm. And then he just told her that, you know, they were going to go after like all of her friends and family and go after everybody that, you know, they loved. And so she took the opportunity to, to kill him. I think anybody in that situation that felt like that, like, I don't know, illegally, like if that'd be considered self-defense, <laughs> but I, I think it, it made sense why she did that. And so I wasn't too surprised, but I think it was surprised that, um, you know, Wesley was killed off so soon in the series. So I thought he was a great character addition. I thought he, yes. he, he brought a lot of good character traits. He had that kind of like really dry humor that sometimes was mm-hmm. really needed for certain scenes. And the fact that he was so close to Wilson Fisk was so, I think their relationship worked really, really well. So yes, I was mm-hmm. really sad to see him go. I wish that he would have stuck around longer. Uh, he was kind of asking for it. He brought out the gun. He like <laughs> threw it on the table. He didn't think she had the balls. And she was like, guess what, man? Uh, I'll do you in just like that. Um, right. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. And that proves to my point, the grittiness, the darkness of season one. It's, it's kind of a shock outside of the MCU. We, we don't see anything like that uh, yet. That is. Uh, what's one of your favorite scenes, man? Yeah. So my favorite scene from season one has to be, and, and everyone says this as well too, but I just think it's, it's great on so many levels is the, uh, one shot action scene in the, um, in the hallway that, you know, they film with, uh, Matt Murdock going in and, you know, beating up the crap out of those, <laughs> of those guys to go save the uh, kid. Right. And so what was amazing about it is just a lot of different levels is, one, just the action and planning they have to go through to get in one shot. Like if you've never had to, you know, film something in one shot before, it takes a lot of planning. I think I remember reading it and it takes some days to just plan it out, to rehearse it and everything. And then not just the actors and the stunt people who are involved with it, but just the film crew behind as well, too. Because I remember reading they connected the camera to like the ceiling to be able to pass it back and forth. But they had that people stay behind the camera the whole time to operate and everything, you know, mm-hmm. so just the cinematography and the stunts I was involved is so great. But I know as a parent myself, like seeing that scene open up with the kid crying, saying he just wants to go home. And then it ends it with Matt saying, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm going to take you home to your dad. Like I know for me, like I cried, you know, because as a parent, you always see your kid and every kid of the so movies tough. or shows. Yeah. And so, yep. but that was just very emotional. You're just like, that is what I would do for my kid if that ever happened. Right. And so it's just a great scene for a number of reasons overall. Yeah, that scene really does have it all. It's it's goat status among Marvel TV shows. It's right. kind of like goat status among like action shows in general too because yep. any ranked list, anything out there of like some of the best fighting scenes in streaming shows or whatever like this mm-hmm. is uh, this is 
I feel like it's always an underdog, but it, it shouldn't be. The fact that you get a one take is absurd. That anything right. in cinema that's a one take is ridiculous. Right. And and two, so I just watched that scene right before we started recording, so I could get the vibe. It's <laughs> you got the you got the dim light. You've got mm-hmm. Matt Matt Murdock basically coming off of like almost dying. He's not a hundred percent. He's still right. trying to figure it all out. And mm-hmm. what I really respect about that scene as well is that there are certain aspects where he goes into a room or or another room. And we do not see how he gets out of that room. It is right. left to our imagination to figure out how he might have gotten out of the chokehold that he was in when we saw him go in that room. And mm-hmm. I think that is so, so impressive from a writing standpoint, from a, from a cinematography standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it really mixes. Re- just, uh, it's just such a vibe. The whole, the whole scene is, is very, very good. Oh, um, yeah. You're right. I think, I think that's the best scene in season one. It's got to be. Definitely. Well, and that whole thing that you're talking about with leaving it to imagination, that's very indicative and reflection of comics because that's what you have to do between the panels. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I also love just like what you had said with Matt Murdoch having to go in and fight, they made it realistic in the sense that as he was fighting, you saw that he was out of breath. You saw that he was in pain. You saw that it was very different than what you see in most superhero movies where it's like, we, they're being these guys and after they're, they're done, it's like, they didn't break a sweat. Right. Right. And here you saw like throughout the whole scene that he was just trying to muster up all the energy to be able to take out these guys. I remember the last scene, like, you know, he just swung a punch at the guy and he also fell down because he was exerted, you know, just exhausted and everything. And so, yeah, I could go on and on about that scene, how great it is, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, some seriously really, really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's, let's continue on our conversation. I I feel like I didn't mention Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk. We right. really get our introduction in this in this season one. Um, I think he, he crushes it. I think everybody can really agree. Like he is kingpin. He is the guy, and I mm-hmm. think he is really really good at that. Um, mm-hmm. You 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 see him at the very end, and this again is kind of one of my favorite um, scenes, quote unquote, if you will, of him kind of escaping his transport and then running into Matt Murdock again, and then mm-hmm. ending up ending up in jail, and everything basically that got to that point, you knew it was eventually going to crescendo to that. Um, right. And I, and I love the full circle writing with him in jail, staring at a blank wall, which is where basically how we were introduced to him as well. And mm-hmm. was this like looming shadow over his life um, that he was trying to solve. Uh, season one has a 99% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know. I it. didn't know, but it doesn't surprise me. That <laughs> yeah. is so, so impressive. I mm-hmm. love that so much couple of quick questions uh, before we wrap up. Uh, yeah. Who's your favorite character from season one? From season one, I mean, I, I know it's cliche, but I got to say Charlie Cox just did a great mm-hmm. job with Matt Murdock. And, and I'm glad you brought up Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin as well, too, because I personally, I love that he is Kingpin, but I will say that I, I didn't like some of the choices for the voice or the delivery mm-hmm. for it. But with that being said, I can see why it's still such a powerful thing. It's just more of like my personal aesthetics and my personal taste. I didn't like it, but just like what you said, he definitely embodies the persona of Kingpin. And he does a great job. I just, I think Charlie Cox just did a, a fantastic job as Matt Murdoch and playing, you know, those dualistic roles of daredevil and Matt Murdoch and always constantly, you know, at odds with himself um, so it's, I mean, I, I know it's cliche, but it's, he's definitely my favorite character just to kind of watch through and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I think season one too, when you kind of go back and look at it, and I know we're not doing a very deep dive review of it, 
It's right. so emotionally packed as well. I just kind of like mm-hmm. skimmed through the episode list to refresh my memory of some of the still shots. And like when, when uh, Foggy finds out about Matt and, right. and, and we have to deal with that ent- entire fallout is, is insane. Um, yes. When Wilson Fisk murders Ben and his house is absurd. Yes. Like yes. that, that <laughs> stuff just gets so dark and crazy outside mm. of, outside of Wilson Fisk, outside of, um, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox. I am a big Foggy fan. I think he was great. I think the humor <laughs> is is much needed. And this kind of like goes into into a point that I had. It is rumored that we'll get Daredevil at some point in the MCU. Hopefully, right. it's rumored that the uh, Disney Plus Echo series will essentially be a fourth season of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. All of these things are hopefully shaping up to have that. Um, do you personally want to see Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox back in the MCU? And if so, can, can we bring foggy along? Is that okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me comment about foggy at first. So, um, gosh, I, I forgot the, the actor who plays him, but I, I remember El- he Eldon okay. Henson is his name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I first saw him in mighty ducks cause he was Fulton Reed. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so when I saw him in the cast, I was like, Oh, this will be awesome. And I'll be honest when I first watched season one, I didn't like him as foggy, but when I went back and read the comics and, and watched it again, I was like, you know what? Actually he nails it down pretty well because foggy is just a very awkward, optimistic guy. And he actually did a great job of that. So I didn't give him enough credit the first time I watched it, but he actually does a great job. So, um, but to get back to your question, I would love to see Matt Murdock, Daredevil in the MCU. I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I would love to see Charlie Cox. I don't know if they'll do that just because of a number of logistics, but I would love to see him in that role again. I know they talked about in the rumors, it'll be like a soft reboot. And I think we could definitely pull him in and do that sort of thing and make that happen, whether it's in you know the rumored Spider-Man No Way Home or if they bring him into the Echo series. Um, which I have like mixed feelings about, but I definitely want to see him back in the MCU at some level. And I think they'll, you know, have a great way of doing that too. So yeah, definitely. I would, I would love to see him in the MCU just strictly from like the season one plus a couple episodes I've seen. So Mm -hmm. I can only imagine once I do finish the series, I will obviously really, really want to see him in the MCU. I think no way home would be a really fun way to do it. I think you've got a great setup to have some courtroom issues, um, Mm -hmm. that, that you could pull him into. I understand uh, maybe not wanting to overpopulate that movie that is already overpopulated. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I could see, I could see that being something um, I, I, I'm going to say as well. I know people aren't really saying this, but she Hulk uh, could be a perfect opportunity as well. If you have a courtroom drama, there's no true. reason that you can't bring in a lawyer, um, right. or, or, you know, or even, or even just get a glimpse of foggy and get that nice teaser and then see Matt sometime <laughs> later on. Uh, right. I, th- I think anything is possible. I, d- I do want to see him in the MCU as well. Uh, yes. What did you think of Daredevil season one? Let me know on Twitter at 15 minute Marvel. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the pod, man. This was a blast. I really wish that the podcast was not only 15 minutes long. We could talk <laughs> for like an hour about Daredevil. Uh, I could go on and on. If people want to follow you, if people want more of your content, where can they do that at? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter under the username at the Sean Hulk, S-E-A-N-H-U-L-K. Um, and then our podcast is under um, at Caption Life, so C-A-P-T-O-N-E-D Life. 
Um, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of that. So I, I might, me personally, I'm only on Twitter really. And then the, uh, the podcast that, that we run is, um, all over social media. So nice out in the world, uh, doing everything you can give Sean a follow, go check out his podcast. Great stuff. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast as well on any major podcast platform. Special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Hajir Shakib, and Reagan Knopp. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi. And remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Faster.